Hi, my name is DJ Trischler, and this is Process Out Loud, the podcast. It's a space where I reflect on everything that I've learned from teaching and studying during the previous week. Most of the content will refer to my experiences in the Masters of Design program, the MDES, through the School of Design at the University of Cincinnati's College of Design, Architecture, Art, and Planning, otherwise known as DAP. While there's a lot to cover in one week, I try to keep the episodes brief at about 10 minutes each. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Process Out Loud. And as a reminder for those of you who have been here or those of you who may be new, this is just me simply processing out loud. I may take a few minutes before the podcast to think about some things to say, but there's no script. And um, yeah, in some ways, maybe that's a bit of a warning that you never know what I'm going to say and that everything I say is really just what comes up in my mind and probably says something about myself, but it also says something about where I am and not necessarily who I am (laughs) completely. So, um, you've been warned. Anyways, um, I think what I want to talk about today is, um, a couple things. One, I, uh, I think my thesis area is becoming clear. Uh, I'm working pretty collaboratively with uh, a guy named Matt Wazinski at UC who's publishing a book called Design After Capitalism. And it's a really great uh, book about capitalism itself and how design is intertwined within in that um, that belief system, if you want to call it that. And um, actually calling it that, it's a, it is a belief system in a lot of ways. And there are methods in the book to neutralize capitalism or at least the dominant capitalistic competitive capitalistic or um, big word neoliberalism um, which is essentially that there are folks that believe that if we take away regulations and if we free up the market that people will make rational decisions without government intervention without coercion and um, that's just not reality and there's so many stories of, of people who have faced the challenges of, of not fitting into capitalism and, um, and its effects on people, the environment. And that belief, though, has seeped into so many of us. Um, I think it's typical or easy to say, I'm not a neoliberal, you are, but reality is i think if you've grown up in the united states or in um a developed northern hemispheric country um, even if you've grown up in maybe parts of south america um, and other places you have been um, exposed to the ideas of neoliberalism and maybe even just the idea of setting up a lemonade stand for yourself and making money is is in some ways um like oh yeah all you have to do is set that up but it it also matters what neighborhood you're in it matters who your network is and who your parents know and have convinced to buy lemonade and um, it's not as simple as just putting out a booth and selling something Um, and certain people may be more appealing to others as far as oh I I trust their lemonade more than I trust their lemonade whether it's yeah, I think that gets into race and gender and all sorts of different things. 
And so it's complex, and I'm a neoliberal, and you are too. And I don't mean that presumptuously. I just think that it's impossible to have grown up in um, the modern world without without that exposure, without that socialization. And so that leads me to, um, I think, where I'm going with one of my projects for beauty and race and gender, where let's just let's just accept that. Like, I'm a neoliberal. You're a neoliberal, and so as designers and, and, and folks who want to do good, we have to kind of accept that base that we're coming from that um, neoliberal perspective. We've been socialized that way. And then also um, we have to factor in whiteness and how we've been socialized you know, within a capitalistic neoliberal world that um, to value whiteness. That's, that's where the greatest value is, is your connection to whiteness. And and we live in a country that is is predominantly, or at least has been predominantly, um, white culture. And so, how the hell do you do good <laughs> um, when your intentions may be may so so good and great, and you feel good? There's a a, a visceral feeling of altruism and, and doing well, helping the needy, and and yet you may just be perpetuating these ideas, these beliefs. And somewhere that I'm seeing that right now and that I'm going to write about this week is is within um, the branding of companies. And I don't want to get into a, a large historical overview, but um, I think, just say this out loud now, I, I, I think that companies utilize brands as the new um, receptionist. And when I think of there's this episode of Mad Men, and if you think of Mad Men, you have all the men doing all the work and like supposedly doing all the creative work, and but you have all these receptionists who, as Don Draper tells to Peggy Olson, um, you got to manage expectations. Like they're the the people that let in information, let out information, and only specific information to clients and to the outside world, and. The receptionist becomes the face of the company in some ways and um, manages all the missteps of, of the men. And um, I think it's a little bit, uh, you know, that that we don't that doesn't exist. And, and so in a, a neoliberal world, things just evolve to adapt to the new standards and new regulations. And so we can't live in a world where, where madmen um, norms exist. But I think the brand has replaced the Peggy Olsons um, in that it's oftentimes, and, and this is empirical, I'm not, I can't give you any quantitative statistics, but my sense is when I look at brands these days, they're, they're more feminine than masculine. Um, I think that they project ideas of equality and ideas of collaboration and um, doing good and and like racial equity and um a lot of these things that we want to want right we want to want these things um and and maybe it's good that brands are starting there and then eventually will evolve into really doing these things but at the moment we have a lot of people mediating between a company and the public a brand that that seems to be good, appears to be good. And people want to buy good. They want to buy the feeling of, of um, supporting a company that's supporting causes that they believe in. And, and, 
everybody has their causes and every company now has their causes and it's important to be transparent about those things and yet at the same time you read articles i read articles i read things on linkedin last week um where there was a woman at salesforce a black woman at salesforce who who went into salesforce i'm sure they had intentions of change and 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 making salesforce a better company and they believe that that salesforce could be a better company but when they 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 got into the actual culture of the company um to use a term that I just recently heard on an urban consulate call, they find out that it's really just a generic white male, um, that they get gaslit, that they, a lot of people will say, well, I don't have that experience at the company. And even though you say you do, I, I don't have that experience. And so this person and, and people that go into these companies, um, I'm speaking specifically of Vivian Castillo, and I don't want to speak for her um, or for them, but I, uh, I sense that Salesforce's culture was white and it, it just was embedded in whiteness and probably neoliberalism, definitely neoliberalism. And and that's just a fight that can't be won. And, and it can't be a fight that's fought independently. It needs to be um, collaborative and, and it's impossible to organize that way in these companies. And even though these companies, MailChimp's the other one, they they portray like if you go to salesforce's website it's all about like helping people and doing good and mailchimp is like the patron of the artist um as i've heard i think swiss miss say and and yet like the culture itself is just well let's first off like salesforce is just a tool to help people sell shit and mailchimp is too and these both are providers of the neoliberal ideal of like entrepreneurialism and free market and like liberty and the ability to sell your stuff, your wares. And, and so it's so complicated because, um, I am definitely taken by, by their use of design, their use of language. And I buy into the feelings. I mean, I, I, I buy into MailChimp because it feels good versus say like constant contact or, you know, I, I start to think that, oh, yeah, maybe maybe um, Salesforce is OK because they, as a group, decided not to go and do something with the um, Department of Homeland Security at one point. Or maybe Microsoft is good because so we had these feelings of good and feelings of bad. And, and it's actually really hard to identify what is good and what is bad and who is good and who is bad. And um, and so it's a really precarious state that I think we're all in. And um I don't know. It's worth just naming that. And as a somebody who who's come out of brand identity, I mean, I see how like, yeah, we've feminized brands so that companies feel okay and feel good, and and yet they're just a bunch of dudes behind the scenes um, with power. And so that question to you is: If you're in design and 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 you're listening to this, um, does that resonate with you? Do you? Can you see that? I mean, maybe when you go to brand new today, um, look for it. And if I'm wrong, let me know. Um, and I very well could be. Um, I could be basing this all off of feelings as well. I guess all I know is that um, I think it's really hard to do good. And anybody who says they're doing good, I'm a little bit suspect of. And um, I think it's important to listen to folks um, like Vivian and to hear them and to believe them 
and um, maybe more important than mediating brands, um, we need to be be in conversations and in relationship with people because it's these ideas, these things that are socialized at a relational level that grow into um, the harm that we see. Um, and so anyways, um, that's, that's where I am. That's what I'm thinking about. And you know, how does that relate to design after capitalism? Well, I think that if I'm going to try to do good in this world, I need to dissect my own doing of good and my own, like, what am I trying to feel and how am I trying to feel? And I don't know, I guess I'm just as neoliberal as the rest of us and guilty as charged and um, working towards progressive victory over that, um, to use the 12-step language. And um, every day, I, I want to try to work towards that and take small steps, because I think the bigger the step I take, the more harm I do in some ways, or we do sometimes. So anyways, check yourself, check your brand, um, Google neoliberalism if you need to. Um, and it, it just reminds me of the fish in the water. It's like, how's the neoliberalism? Two other fish are like, well, what is neoliberalism exactly? You know, um, I don't think we know how much we interpret things and believe interpretations that pass through our relationships, pass through our education, pass through um, our bodies. And um, it's important, I think, to acknowledge that, especially as purveyors of culture, designers. Um, we need we need to be in in, in check with these things. Um, I guess the other thing I'll say is I took a week weekend break. Megan and I went down to Berea, Kentucky, and and hiked the Pinnacles. Stayed at an Airbnb, ate a bunch of uh, <laughs> boxed pizza or frozen pizza, and um, watched a ton of little fires everywhere. And I highly recommend that. I think. Uh, yeah, there's things as book clubs, but I think every I think this would be a great idea is to start a, a club around little fires everywhere and just unpack the power dynamics in that movie. And um, yeah, I think a lot of what I'm talking about plays out in in that in that movie or show, and uh, highly recommend it. Um, I don't think I mentioned this, but I think if you haven't watched Nomadland, uh, that that got a Golden Globe, two Golden Globes last night, and um, it's out on Hulu. Both of these are on Hulu. I think actually, you know, um, I'm sure there's problems in, in, in all these brands, but Hulu, I think some of the shows that they do are, are pretty good at um, prompting conversation, um, like Nomadland and, uh, and Little Fires Everywhere. So be having these conversations and um, I don't know, pay attention to what you think and feel and how those things dictate your decisions and, and who influences what you think and feel and um, take time for reflection. Uh, take time to, to process out loud with yourself and with others. So with that, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon, wonderful day, wonderful evening, wherever it is that you're listening. And um, thank you for listening. <laughs>